Hey friends, just a quick note before we start that there are a lot of really weird clicks and bumps and taps in this audio. I have no idea where they came from. I tried my best to get them out, but a lot of them stuck around. So hopefully that doesn't diminish your listening experience, but either way, we're going to get right into the episode. Hey friends, my name is CK and I'm the resident DM here at the Disaster Masters podcast. Today I'm joined by not only another cool person, but also another member of the DM team. Introduce yourself, cool person. Hello, my name is Abby. I did not think about how to introduce myself. That's okay. Nobody ever does. (laughs) Sweet. (laughs) I think Scott's the the only one. It really is. I think Scott's the only one who's ever like actually introduced himself. Spencer and Joy just went, I'm insert name here, and then nothing. (laughs) Yeah, I think being asked to introduce or explain yourself or describe yourself in any way is the worst question imaginable. It it has been the bane of my existence since elementary school. Like, I can't do it. (laughs) That's, you know what, that's fair. So, Abby. Yeah, that is me. Yes, that is you. Wonderful. Welcome to the Disaster Masters podcast. Thank you for inviting me. Yeah, well, you're a member of the DM team, so you're going to be on a couple times. This is the first time we've recorded together for this podcast, Mm -hmm. and I will give you the same little tidbit that I've given everybody, and I'm sure people are tired of hearing by now, but I am recording these all out of order, so I don't know (laughs) when this will go up or who's like... Anyways, it's a whole thing, but (laughs) like who's going up when... I know Scott's going to be the first episode, but... After that, who's to say? Anyways, we have known each other for a little while. Yeah, not a short a, bit. Yeah, not a not a super long time, but like a good amount of time. We met not quite a year ago. Yeah, just yeah. just over eight months, like nine months, I guess. Something like that. How long have we been in quarantine? <laughs> I don't know at this point. Who's to say? But we met in a fun way. <laughs> yeah. Like Scott and I just like met because we met, and then he friended me on Facebook, and it's a time. And most of our friends met because we all lived on the same residence floor, which is not an exception with us. Mm-hmm. But um, we specifically met because you were my best friend's roommate yeah. in residence, which is kind of funny and a little bit ironic. Yeah. And then she invited me to tea in your room. And it was yes. great. Yes, that is the very first night I had a bunch of people in my room for tea. And Abby was, in fact, one of them. And then I just kept invading your room to make <laughs> leave Haley's stuff in there because she would leave so many things in my room. Yeah. Yeah. And they just slowly became friends that way mm-hmm. and then we started playing D, and then now we're here yeah. so you've played a bunch of D with me yes i've yeah. played a bunch of D with you and not much else otherwise yes you've played a little bit of D, not with me though because i yeah. know your your dad I played yeah i played a bit with my dad yamming but not much otherwise my yeah. knowledge of D comes from listening to a few podcasts yes do you have any yes. favorite D podcasts i unfortunately have not listened to enough. I have big okay. plans of eventually listening to Critical Role. I know people really yes. like it. I really like it, but yes. the episodes are so long. They really are. Like Critical Role is fantastic and to the Critical Role fans out there, don't yell at us cuz it it really is a great podcast and like YouTube series, but also you really have to commit yep. <laughs> to like watching it cuz each session is like 3 hours minimum, 4 hours more like 4 it. hours minimum. Like yeah. they're long. It's a lot, and there's a lot of episodes. Yeah. There's, like, a hundred just in, like, the new campaign, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. And there's also the first campaign, and it's just a lot. 
It's just a lot. And like sometimes you don't want to sit down for like three, four hours to listen to one podcast episode. Yeah. So if I was caught up on it, I would 100% be able to manage every week. Oh, yeah. Because I already watch enough YouTube, so it's yeah. fine. Fair. But I, I want to get caught up on it because I know yeah. enough about Jester. I really like her. <laughs> Jester's funny. <laughs> Everyone loves her. I just yes. want to. I just want to watch it. Um, no, no. But D and D podcast I've actually listened to is the Adventure Zone. I really like it. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, um, it's very good. There's a bunch of them. Uh, there's so many good D and D podcasts. Mm-hmm. Live, they're all live play podcasts. This is not a live play podcast, though. We might get some clips here and there because I do have some fun D and D campaigns going right now. Yeah. Speaking of have, which, yeah, we're in a, we're in a D and D campaign with me. Yeah, so I am. A live play that it takes a level of dedication and also organization. Even yeah. for the chaotic groups, it does take a lot more organization. It and does not talking over each other all the time. Yeah, which we're usually fine with. Yeah, because or we're it just forced takes... to over video chat. But... Yes, or it just takes a lot more editing. Yeah, which yeah, yeah, live play is very fun. I really enjoy live play podcasts, but also it's a lot of work, and like none of our friends are that committed. <laughs> yeah, and you also don't all have mics. Like. No. You have a mic on a headset. Scott has a headset. I have a proper podcasting mic. Um, but like most of our friends just have like regular headphones. So their audio wouldn't end up being fantastic. Yeah. Which is kind of necessary for a podcast, you know? Yeah. Or it has to be like a goal down the line. Yeah. I mean, I would love to have a live play podcast at some point. Like we're doing all these funky one shots over the summer to help people get more experience with characters, like building characters, playing, and just doing all kinds of different stuff, exploring D&D as a world and not so much just one in one more narrow campaign. Mm-hmm. And, and also subtly forcing people to learn the rules better. Yes, that's also a big reason. Um, <laughs> but I would love eventually to have like a series of live play of the one shots because they are shorter and you don't have to like catch yeah. up all the time. But well, again, it's not as much of a commitment. Yeah, exactly. For us and also people possibly listening. Yes. <laughs> live play podcasts are a lot of commitment. They just, they just are. So for now we're doing these fun chat interview styles for the Disaster Masters podcast and it's going to be fun. So yeah, you've played a good amount. And you are what some people ca- would call a rules lawyer, but not in a bad way. <laughs> a lot of the time, I'm like, for anybody who doesn't know, a rules lawyer is somebody who like knows all the rules and will make sure people follow the rules. And um, that everyone knows about them. Yeah. And everybody knows about them. And a lot of the time they're like not very pleasant about it or the term is used in kind of a disparaging way. But mm-hmm. like, I don't like, you're not really a rules lawyer. You're more like a rules advisor. Sure. <laughs> rules legal advisor we can go with that so like you know all the rules you've read the handbook like back to front okay i don't know cover. all of the rules i just know many of them there are so many rules in D, folks yeah. like it's one of those things like once you're playing it's not that hard but when you're kind of learning the rules or getting into it like there's so many rules yeah, so you know rough. all of the you know all of the important rules <laughs> yes well yeah. i because i started playing with my dad who has been dming for so many years like ways yeah. past since i've been alive because he was born like right before the 80s so like yeah. he played he's been playing since high school he yeah he knows a lot of different versions of dnd it's so, like he knows a lot of the rules from a lot of different versions of it mm-hmm. i have played at least like 
this semester at university and I was like read up on the rules like I know all of them but we were playing yeah. with also my mom and my two sisters who mm-hmm. have never played it whatsoever yeah. and just trying to explain rules to people it's like I didn't even realize there were so many rules until yeah. I tried to like explain basic concepts I know me too I have to explain what dexterity means and I don't know it just is yeah, yeah exactly it means you're I'm- dodgy but it also matters <laughs> for everything for some reason yeah it does it's one of it's those the most stats. important stat it, um, it is the most important stat yeah DM tip because Scott and I started the trend of DM tips. I don't think they're in any of the other ones, but we're going to bring them back for this one. Um, DM tip, uh, never use your decks as your dump stat. And a dump stat is where you just take the last of your points and put it in, which usually makes it your lowest stat because it will mess up everything. (laughs) Yeah. Like it's fine for charisma or constitution or even strength or like literally any of the other ones. Strength Strength has been my lowest stat every single time. It never comes up. Yes. Except that one time I had you do an athletics check and you were like, please don't make me do that. Even for um, a lot of strength checks, you can use decks instead. Yeah, it's true. Like, it explicitly states in the handbook. It's like, yeah, you can use the strength check for this. Or you can also do decks. We don't really care. That's fine, yeah, too. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you need decks just, for literally everything. You yeah, need it for DM your AC, tip. You need it for initiative. You need it for like, a lot of weapons. Yeah. You can use decks instead. Of yeah. strength or like ranged yeah, weapons have to be decks. Yeah. You need it for everything. Yeah. So <laughs> just, so D- yeah, DM tip uh, don't make decks your lowest stat. It will not help you out. Yeah. Anyways, but yeah. Unless so, you commit to that, commit to that as a character choice. Yeah. You could commit to that as a character choice, but it's something like if you're a beginner or you're kind of an intermediate, maybe, just maybe don't. It would actively be making it impossible. <laughs> yes. Uh, anyway, so you know a lot, which is one of the reasons why you're a member of the DM team. But something you have told me is that you never plan on actually DMing. Well, it's not that it's never, never. It's At just, the moment, you never plan on doing it or you yeah. don't plan on doing it. Yeah, I like the idea of it and I feel like I could be the type of person who would DM. Mm-hmm. My problem is that I don't, I do like rules and I think that I wouldn't be able to think of enough possibilities for things. Mm. So like if things got off track, I wouldn't be able to improvise yeah, well enough. That's fair. I'm not great at the improvising. That's okay. Not a strong suit. That is okay. But yeah, so I was going to ask you, why don't you DM? But you've kind of already answered that question. Um, here's a fun, silly kind of interview. <laughs> just jumping ahead. Yeah, it's okay. You just anticipate my moves. Here's a fun, silly interview question. If you could DM a campaign and like you didn't have to worry about improv, you didn't have to worry about anything like that, what kind of campaign would it be? Like, what would the story be or... Whoa what would you do with it? Like, no holds barred, just not worrying about any of the actual, like, DMing responsibilities or technicalities. Just, like, what kind of campaign would it be? I don't know. Well, then, it's fun food for thought. Maybe on a... a next episode we'll find out yeah i think there's lots of like different fun campaign ideas like mix it up yeah um because even like we're like obviously like mixing some stuff up like in our one shots and whatnot but it's still like a so far we've at least done like a typical like D &D world yeah it'd be interesting to like mix it up even more yeah like pirates and like ocean adventures I will, um, fun spoiler, if you're a playing the one shots with us, because I don't know, our friends will listen to this, hopefully, probably, we'll see. <laughs> if you're, to. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they will be persuaded. Anyways, if you're playing the one shots with us and you don't want to find out what any of these future one shots are, um, just like skip maybe 30 seconds ahead, but I'll give you a second to do that just in case you're doing that. Anyways. Ooh, are we doing spoilers? Yes, we are doing spoilers. Because I know so you down don't for that. I know so, people who absolutely detest spoilers. I'm yes. all about them. I don't care. 
I know. I, I actually kind of enjoy spoilers. I feel like it makes me want to know more and it makes me want to get into it more. Yeah. Anyways. When I was younger, I actively yeah. read the last page and the chapter of books to see how You're it ended. You were one of those people. I, I did that, that when I was younger. I've stopped doing that since. Yeah. Um, because I would just want to get to that part of the story instead of like actually reading it. But yeah. I definitely did that because oh, I just man. needed to know how it ended. That's funny. So I'm too the, curious. Yes. The next one shot we're playing, you do already know this is the Goblin King one-shot. <laughs> it is very loosely inspired by the Hobbit movies, not the books. The books are slightly better, but there is some fun stuff in the movies that's not originally from the books. Um, the next one-shot after that will be dragon-themed, dragons and volcanoes. Ooh. And the episode after that will be pirates. <gasps> <laughs> yeah i'm ready for that i'm so ready for pirates yes i don't have any character ideas yet but i'm so that's okay pirates. spoilers done now if you were somebody trying to skip spoilers yeah we'll we'll talk about those one shots in a later episode as well once we've actually played them but you have played in now at least two one shots and a long campaign and the current one with me yeah uh, we have actually dubbed the former long campaign the long shot because it was a one shot that just ended up becoming long. <laughs> yes, I have a few fun um, art challenges now, so we'll see what comes out of this episode. But Ooh. yeah, I'll share them as they come up. But um, you played a druid in the long shot. Yes. Named Kaya. Uh-huh. Kaya was a fun character. And something I learned when I was recording with Scott, which I actually did just last night, was that he doesn't like druids. Oh, ominous yeah. <laughs> So I would like you to give me, well, I want to talk about Kaya because just because she was a fun character, but I'd like to talk a little bit about why you do like druids because I know druid is one of your favorites. And uh, we're potentially going to have a little uh, battle royale style debate in another episode between you and Scott just debating Ooh. the merits between druid versus not druid. I am he assuming said, this. Scott probably potentially yes. doesn't like them because he often DMs, and Sometimes. I can see why from the perspective of a DM, it would be very frustrating. That's actually not the main reason why he Ooh. doesn't like them. Yeah, I know. I'm not going to tell you his reasons. You can wait to either listen to the episode or the actual debate episode, which we'll do soonish. Yes, he has some interesting reasons, but I know you like druids, so I, mm-hmm. I thought I would... Uh, well, I, had a, I had a fun time playing as a druid because you just get to do so much stuff. It's true. I will say a problem with them, um, if especially if you're a new player, you have too many choices to deal with. Mm-hmm. And you have a lot more that you have to think about compared to other classes. Mm-hmm. Like druids, a lot of their spells are concentration based. Yeah. Which is the, it's like you have to hold on to that spell and you can't cast another concentration spell while you're doing it. So you need to pay attention to that. They also have a lot of area of effect spells. You just think of like every other person in the area instead of just like yourself when you're doing them. Yeah. Um, there's just a lot of rules involved with it that like you gotta pay attention to, or mm. they can be a little OP, especially at lower levels. Yeah. So Kaya was a fun character. She was a sweetheart. Mm-hmm. She was a, I think she, you said she was a neutral good. Yeah, I think that's what she started off as. I think we possibly changed that to true neutral. <laughs> I think so. But uh, yeah. Kaya was a very lovely character. She really enjoyed Wild Shape. Yes. And she, she was not... Tigers. Yes. She was not one of the characters from the original one-shot that inspired Me. the long shot. You actually chose to make a new character and change it up. Yeah. Yeah. So, why? Like, I'm, I'm just curious. Like, what led you to Druid? Um, I don't... I, think, I don't remember exactly. Yeah, this was a while I, ago. Just Yeah, it was quite a few months ago at this point. Yeah. I think part of it is, like, there's a lot... 
of uh, versatility with them and you got to make a lot more choices mm-hmm. it was like I didn't want to be stuck just doing one thing like I didn't want to just be stuck doing melee I haven't really had to play like a straight up melee character because like I don't know I like spells I like being able to do cool, cool things yeah um, you prefer casters yes I do for anybody who doesn't know, a caster is a class in D&D that's main weapon is magic. Yeah. Yes. So with Kaya, Kaya yeah. had, she loved animals, obviously, because Druid and Wild Shape. Um, she had a very fun companion, which she met fairly late in the campaign, which was a, yes, which was a ghoul cat named Winston. Mm-hmm. I don't know if ghoul cats actually exist in D&D canon or if it's something I made up. I never looked it up. <laughs> Be very homebrewed world. Probably. And he was a, like, semi-intelligent... Only uh, semi? Well, he was a cat. So he was He's as intelligent, intelligent as cat. a cat was, and then more. And he was a ghoul cat, so he could shadow hop, which is where you travel in between shadows. And he was mostly charged with guarding a graveyard from anybody who would disturb its spirits, keeping necromancers away, basically, like mice. And you rolled so high on your animal handling check that he decided he wanted to visit you all the time. Yeah. Yeah. So you got, you basically got a familiar out of your deal. That was great. The first time I met him, I tried to pet him and I didn't do well. We met him later. I was like, I want to go back to the graveyard specifically to see him. Yeah, I mean, like, we were supposed to be doing something. I don't remember what, but it was like, let's go to the graveyard. And everyone else kind of listened because they weren't fully paying attention. I'm like, great, yeah. I'm immediately going to go pet Winston. <laughs> and yeah. I rolled very well. <laughs> it's true. You rolled very, very well. I think you got like a 24 or something. Uh, I don't remember exactly what it was, but it was very high. It was druids definitely up have, there. Like, they're good at animal handling. It's, mm-hmm. A lot of the druid skills are like animal handling and like nature stuff, which doesn't often come up. Because yeah. it's not, like, as generic as something like persuasion or perception, which, like, will come up a lot more often and are easier to work in. Mm-hmm. Like, I took advantage of the situation. I really just wanted true. to use my animal handling, and I also really wanted to pet the cat. That's true. That's, yeah, it's a good point. With Kaya, there were some fun, very chaotic characters in that particular campaign. Mm-hmm. Yes. And I would classify Kaya as a less chaotic character. Mm-hmm. Um. What was it like playing, or at least trying to play, a less chaotic character in such a chaotic group? Well, I'm a less chaotic person in general. It's true. For wonderful listeners, I realized staying in residence, I would class myself as a chaos enabler. (laughs) I'm not chaotic by nature, but I also totally support it if other people are being chaotic. Because as long as it's not hurting anyone, I don't care. Yes, that actually lends itself great into uh, the story I was hoping to get to tell today, which I was thinking about telling when I was recording with Scott, but then I decided that it's Mm -hmm. much funnier if it's just the people who didn't actually, like, who watched the story happen in real time Mm -hmm. and not actually, like, explicitly participating. We got, yeah, we got stuck in residence a little bit because the university shut down because of the pandemic and so many people had moved out as soon as they heard because we had to move out early, right? And we were moving some of our friends out, just a couple from our floor and we were all like a little sad because we thought we'd have more time together in residence and then we didn't so there was just a bunch of people in my single room because I did have a single room and it was very small (laughs) we somehow got onto this game of throwing a lemon around yeah we did that yeah we did (laughs) and we we were weird people just for anybody who doesn't know we are weird people but 
I think I threw the Residence just thought. makes you a weird person. Yes, residence does make you a weird person. And being quarantined and told, don't leave campus because it's not safe, will also make you a little bit of a weird person. It was a weird time in general, but we were just entertaining ourselves. I think I threw a lemon at Scott and told him not to be bitter <laughs> or something yeah. like that. <laughs> yeah, it sounds like something I'd say. And then we started throwing a lemon around for fun. We're just tossing it. Like, yeah. just in the room. We're just tossing it around. Just tossing it around. Just basically playing, like, hot potato with this lemon. And then I, I think it was me, but I'm not entirely sure, had the brilliant idea of yelling, don't get scurvy, when I threw the yeah. lemon at somebody. So then we turned it into this game of basically monkey in the middle of whoever dropped it then had scurvy, and we mm-hmm. wouldn't actually throw it to them until somebody either forgot or they grabbed it from somebody. This is not the memory that I am, the story that I'm getting to. This is just the background for that story. (laughs) Yes. Yes. And so people kind of dispersed after a little while because the lemon was getting a little bruised and... A little squishy. A little. kind of worrying. Yeah, just a little. It was getting a little squishy, a little uncomfy. So Scott was the last one with the lemon and he starts walking away. (laughs) And of course, you, me, and Spencer are like... This can end well. So we chase after him. I start filming. It all went on my Instagram story. So I have it archived and I will always get to have that now. Great first year experience. But yeah, um, he just chucked it. Like he just yeah. chucked the lemon and he so, waited for it to explode. Yeah. So we went outside. We went to an area that was free of whatever, except a couple geese. <laughs> and for anybody who doesn't know what geese are like, um, they're everywhere in Waterloo. First of all, especially on campus. And they are Is vicious. Their home? They're very protective of their territory. They yes. don't leave. They, they're the same ones who return every year. It's yes. so crazy. Our campus literally has like an app that people created to be able to track where the geese are. Yeah, because they're terrifying and vicious. <laughs> and they will attack you. <laughs> they will attack you. I have seen people running from geese on campus. And it is the funniest thing ever. Unless it's you running away. Yes. Because if you are running from a goose, to put it in D&D terms, you will fail your athletics check. <laughs> Anyways, um, so we go outside and we tell Scott, it's fine. You can throw the lemon. See how far you can throw it. Watch it explode as long as you don't hit the geese because none of us are going to do cardio because you felt like making a dumb decision. (laughs) (laughs) I have a video of us saying explicitly that. And then Scott did, in fact, yeet, in his his words, the lemon. So he actually did it twice. And the second time it fully split open. And then we were like, okay, that's done. But that's, that's what quarantine and boredom will do to your brain because i think scott's a chaotic person but i will enable that yes scott is very chaotic um i'm also kind of a chaos enabler like i think i have a chaotic personality but my actions in and of themselves are not always terribly chaotic yeah i agree with that assessment thank you uh Yeah, not the point. But yeah, so that's a fun friendship story. We have so many stories like that. There's just so many shenanigans with our friend group. And it do be like that. Yeah, it'd be like that. But that's not really what we're talking about today. I, I have you on mostly to talk about D&D. Um, I want to talk about the current campaign we're playing in because yeah. we have added and subtracted a few many characters. People. Yes, many people. And it's mostly just because of like scheduling conflicts. So we've added and subtracted some players recently because we started with four and it's a little hard mm-hmm. to play D&D with three people. You can do it, but it's a little hard. Yeah, and for the stories you're doing and stuff. Yeah. Like- Having the more is helpful. Yeah. So I usually cap my groups at six because six is a lot. If we can keep it at around five, five is better. (laughs) 
We had so, seven in the last one. It's true. We did have seven in the last yeah. one. But fewer the people didn't show up every single time. Yeah. So it's okay. Yeah. So it, it worked out fine. Yeah. There was a lot of people. And this one, we didn't want to have as many people. And also everybody in this campaign is a little bit more experienced than the last mm -hmm. one. Because that was a very beginner's long campaign. Which is and, why we didn't have many rules. Yeah. And also I was co-DMing and I had a fairly beginner. Well, he was a beginner. He'd never DMed before a uh, co-DM. So that was also a factor. But anyways, yeah. So this campaign, you're playing a bard. Yeah. And her name is Eliara. Yeah. She goes by Ellie. Mm -hmm. And she's very cute. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> she's very perky and very cute and a little bit dumb. Uh, <laughs> Just a little bit. Just a little bit. So one thing I wanted to talk to you about, because you are very good at this in-game, is knowing the difference between what you want to do and what your character would want to do. Yeah. Because that's something that people tend to have trouble with is they say, okay, well, whatever I want to do is what my character would want to do. But that's not always mm -hmm. true, you know? Yeah. Well, it's hard to know sometimes, like, I might know information, or even in that situation, I would be able to extrapolate things. Because in yeah. general, like, I'd pay attention to things in life. So I, there's certain things like in the game, I would be able to put the clues together. Like she wouldn't. And no. she, the thing is, I don't think she would care enough to. Exactly. But like that's so hard. Yeah, I know. That's one thing I wanted to ask you about is like, how do you balance like you wanting to do things to make the game fun for yourself, but also knowing that you're, this isn't something your character would do? Sometimes it comes down to justifying things. Mm -hmm. Overall, it's like, if you make a character that you will enjoy playing as and that you can like agree with their motivations and be like this is a fun motivation for them to be having just in general then it'll be okay even if you're not the person who would make the same choices as them to be yeah. making them ellie is much more impulsive than i am yeah and like that's fine for me because it means that she can do a lot of things like in that situation i would never do because i'm not stupid like, <laughs> like if I was in a world where there's monsters and there's like creatures that are trying to hunt us down, no, I'm not just going to go charging into a situation and just like randomly open doors to see what's behind them. <laughs> I have a brain, but yeah. she doesn't care enough. I, I know she's book smart. Like she knows things. She just doesn't care enough about that. Mm. She's like, well, I'm going to do this thing just because I can. Which has like, led to some interesting situations. Yeah. If I had like a random magic item, like me as a person, I would not just test it out to find out what it does. I'd really yeah. want to, but like she would just try it out. Mm -hmm. So for me, it's kind of just like a fun thing. Yeah. At least for Ellie, I'm like, That's it's fair. helpful for me because like there are things that I would not be able to do because yeah. I know that consequences exist, but there's... Yeah. No, I can just live that out with her. Like, I can just do these fun, dumb things. It's true. No, that's definitely yeah. a fun thing. Yeah. In general, trying to compare you as a person and your character can be really difficult. Yeah. Like, honestly, the hardest thing starting out in yeah, trying definitely. to grapple with the idea that you are actually playing a character and they are a separate entity from you. Yeah. I'm like, that's a fun DM tip we'll do right now is like, you and your character are not the same being. Like, if you want to make a character that's very similar to you, go for it, live your best life, whatever is the most fun. But also, I generally recommend trying to make a character that's not like you. 
Because you are, like, it is a role play game, right? So you can kind of get into this space of, this is so something I would never do, but they're going to do it because this is going to be fun. And like that kind of thing, right? Well, I think, honestly, if you are struggling with trying to figure out what your character would do versus what you would do, it could Mm -hmm. honestly, might, it might even be easier if you have a character who's really different from you. Because it's a lot, it'll be a lot easier to clearly distinguish, okay, in this situation, I would never do this, but I know what they would do because they're like the polar opposite for me yeah exactly which is kind of what uh what I did in the one shot that we did yes I was playing a necromancer yes we had an evil all evil one shot people listening I was playing an evil necromancer his name is Horksum. He wanted to take over the world. He will, I've established this. He yes. doesn't know this. He will never take over the world. No. His, his, he, the way I compare him, it's like Goofenshmirtz from Phineas and Ferb. Yes. It's like he has evil plans and evil like, ideas, but the actual way that he tries to accomplish things is never going to work for him. No, it just isn't. Like no, this is a this is a weird bit of background for this one shot that we did. I just had the idea for it. Yes, he's like this is so specific. I don't know if many people understand this. I do it anyway. Phineas and Ferb. They have a movie. It's called Phineas and Ferb Across the Second Dimension. There's an alternate version of Doofenshmirtz there who actually succeeded in taking over the world. And the only difference in what allowed him to do so was like his toy. I think it was like a train or something. I think was, so stolen or lost when he was a kid and that one single difference in his life was enough that he was able to become evil enough to take over the world yeah that's what i imagine for horksome is that there's another like alternate reality where Where he's just ruling the world something dumb happened like he lost a toy or something and he was able to succeed in taking over the world and he's in complete control of everything yeah this world that is never gonna happen. <laughs> no, I mean, we had a fantastic moment, which I think I, Spencer and I talked about briefly, where we had two gnomes in the party and you were one of them and they <laughs> both went to the inn to take naps separately. Yes. Neither of them knew the other was there. <laughs> Neither of them, like they didn't communicate about this. No. It's the party was 50% gnomes and you both went to take midday naps for no reason. Well, Corson had a reason. He cast the spell and then he was tired from it. Okay. Valid, but like, <laughs> anyway. also kind of dumb. That's he fair. has a spell at like a like a shopkeeper. What was it? Um, what's it called? The people fear. who make the things. Oh, per, it was yeah, fear. No, no, no. I mean, people who make things like make swords and stuff. What are they called? Blacksmiths. Blacksmith. That's what it is. That's okay. Oh. Sometimes <laughs> words are hard. Yeah, uh, he was a blacksmith. Uh, Horkson wanted stuff from him. And then shenanigans ensued. Horton got mad. And instead of trying to like, actually persuade him, you know, or just roll intimidation. Yeah. Uh, he didn't think of that. I didn't think of that. He cast a spell immediately. Yes. <laughs> so <laughs> he's kind of dumb. Yeah. It's fine. I, I also forgot about the possibility. <laughs> yeah. I think sometimes playing dumb characters is really fun. Oh, it is. It's so fun. You can like just totally ignore what you should do or what would be best and just be like this is what they do you can justify any action by being like well they wouldn't consider that smart option you thought of this is what they're gonna do anyways yeah back in the point of what we have been saying yeah so horkson is very different from what i as a person would do yeah it's very easy for me to think and like justify the things he was doing so i'm like well yeah i'm not like a person who would enjoy starting conflicts with people but he would because they're making fun of him. So he's just going to fight them with a spell. Yeah, exactly. This is what he's going to do. That's his reaction to things. Yeah, exactly. I unfortunately have not gotten a ton of opportunity to play as a player in D&D because yeah. most of the time I end up DMing, which I, I'm fine with because I really do enjoy DMing. It's, it's good. 
because yeah. none of us have really have shot at it yet. <laughs> Fair. Yeah, I really do enjoy DMing. I am very okay with being the quote-unquote forever DM. Mm-hmm. There is some fun that, like, I have some very fun character ideas that sometimes I end up using as NPCs. And for anybody that doesn't know, an NPC means non-player character. So it's a character that the DM voices and plays for, but isn't, like, a part of the campaign. They kind of just show up, they help out, they'll leave, they'll come back, whatever. Sometimes I end up using them as NPCs. Sometimes they just, like, go into my, if I ever join a campaign folder, you know? And I had an idea at one point for a rogue who was very, like, good at stealing stuff and very charming, but just so dumb. Like, a several negative modifier dumb. (laughs) And it's basically, they just, like, luck themselves through life. (laughs) Like, kind of Robin. Catholics are lucky. Yeah, exactly. Like, this halfling rogue. I think I decided at one point that it was going to be just, like, this like 40 something year old lady obviously (laughs) halflings age differently but in like years like mental years or whatever it's like this 40 year old lady who just is like really aware that she's charming but also very aware that she's an idiot (laughs) so like somebody will try and catch her stealing and she'll just be like you know that meme of like play dumb oh not that dumb that's just gonna be her But also, she's so charming that people are like, oh, you're funny. It's fine. And like... (laughs) It's probably an accident. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Just like, she's so dumb that people think that she can't possibly be causing trouble on purpose. But she is. Because she, she's I think like I decided she was like a chaotic neutral or something. Yeah, she's smart enough to know that she's dumb, but yes. dumb enough that she can't do anything about it. Yes. <laughs> so if I ever join a campaign where she fits, I'm definitely going to use her because she's very funny. Anyways, so you're playing in my current long campaign. And like we said, we've swapped characters in and out a lot. Not we like were a, talking about a, this before. Yes, we were. We went on tangents, but that's okay. You've this swapped, is how we communicate. <laughs> yeah, it is. Um, we've swapped characters in and out a good deal. Mm-hmm. Like we have, say like, thir- uh, nah, about 50. About 50% of the characters that are currently part of the party were part of the party at the beginning. And it's not so much that mm-hmm. we've lost a lot of people. It's just that we've added a bunch of people. <laughs> yeah. Right? Because we went from four to yeah. three to six. Yep. So three of the four. in rapid succession. Yes. Three of the four are original. We've just added three more. Oh, no. We only have, like, two half healers. Yeah. <laughs> we have a druid and a bard. I, I forgot the word for literally what I'm playing. A bard, a yes. Paladin, yes. Which, they can all function. Like, they're all, like, support style yeah. stuff. And they all get, like, some healing stuff. Mm-hmm. It's just not quite as devoted as, like, a life cleric. That's yes. fine. But also we had in our last campaign, and it's totally fine. Like, yeah. the style that we do, yes. okay. Though, so you don't know what it's going to be like coming up. You might need a uh, healer. Who knows? Oh, that'd be bad, because I, um, I'm not quite smart enough to hold on to my healing spells, but also because Ellie's not smart enough at all to hold on to them. <laughs> That's okay. like, even if I can think of rationally, I'm like, you know, I need to have, like, some spell slots open so I can heal people. Ellie wouldn't think of that, so no. it doesn't matter. <laughs> You know what, like, we can talk about this later when we do our character development sessions, because I am going to, not for the podcast, but just for my own campaign, we are going to be sitting down and talking about, like, where you want to take your character, what we're going to do, because we are opening multi-classing now. Like, if Ellie wanted to multi-class as a life cleric, we could talk about that. Um, if Ellie's multi-classing as a cleric, it's going to be the trickster domain. Yeah, I already looked true. at that. I'm like, I, I looked at them, I'm like, oh, that's definitely what she would do. 
Yeah, it is. Kind of considered um, the cleric stuff because like there's like, the gods and goddesses in the world. I'm like, oh, like Ellie would probably like some yeah. of those. I'm like no matter what it is, she's not going life cleric though. Yeah, that's <laughs> fair. Trickery. Yeah, that's fair. So, anyways, I wanted to because you. Not unlike Ellie, you are big into like theorizing and details and research and like all that kind of stuff. So I wanted to see if you had any theories or guesses or like conspiracies about stuff that's happening in the campaign right now. Mm -hmm. And like we'll explain things as we go because we haven't talked a ton about the campaign. But yeah, I obviously know what we're doing because I'm writing it, but... (laughs) I'm good at details and remembering things. Yeah. You also take fantastic notes. Why, thank you. DM tip. Take notes. Even if it's just like scrawled things that you think might be important, it's so much easier to just have a few notes here and there that you wrote down for yourself than it is to keep always asking your DM like, wait, do I know this? And also, I think every single player should take some amount of notes. Yeah. It shouldn't just be like, oh, this one person is taking like all of the notes for all everyone. All the notes. Because like, we did that in our last campaign and it was fine for me because I knew what yeah. was going on, but then no one else knew what had happened. Yeah, exactly. Not like the notes that I would write, like they weren't really shareable notes with other people because I wrote them for the things that I would want to know. Exactly. And I would personally need to remember. Um, and like everybody has a different perspective, especially yes. when you have such drastically different characters. So it's kind of like just take your own notes for your own yeah. character because there might even be things where like, you fail a perception check and you don't see anything, but you know everybody else sees stuff. Yeah. And then later on, it can be like, oh, nobody told your character about that, even though you knew it. And yeah. it's like, so now they're surprised or something like that. And it just, it makes gameplay a little more fun. Yeah. Well, I think you know? everyone should take their own notes because this is just a fact on life. Taking notes helps you remember things better. It's true. That like, is a psychologically proven yes. fact. Whether or not like they're super detailed, like, you don't need to write every single thing down like I sometimes do. You just need to write yeah. like vague things. We went to the forest and then yes. either just having something vague like, oh, we, we fought a spider there. Like it yes. might be enough to trigger your memory and for you to know like, oh, look, we did these things. Now I can actually remember what we've done and I know where we are now. Yeah, exactly. And also then if someone has to miss a session, then you can explain things to them. Yeah. And you remember what happens, you can tell them. Exactly. So, theories or conspiracies or uh, guesses. That, yeah. Do you have any of those or anything you want to try and get information about from me? <laughs> I, don't, I don't know exactly what's going on. Because I know with this campaign, <laughs> I know that you're actually thinking a lot more about like plot details and stuff. It was like beginners, so there was some like larger plot stuff, but also like there wasn't going to be tons of hints dropped all the time. Whereas in this one, I realized I'm like, oh, there could be a lot of stuff going on. Yeah. And I'm I'm taking There could be. There was a couple hints I dropped this session that none of you noticed. I will tell you that much. Oh, no. I do like um, The Daughters of Vizenia, which is like, I don't know if you can explain this, but it's like, Vizenia is like a luck goddess. I don't know if it's an actual goddess or whatever, but in this world. In this world, um, she's not an actual goddess. I made her up. Okay. Um, I figured, but... Yes. Vizenya is the goddess of luck and chance in this particular homebrewed world. And her priestesses were all female and called the daughters of Vizenya. There's a bunch of... very intently to see if you said anything that I haven't specifically written down before. No, I'm not going to. Yeah, I figured. I mean, they were... um, You already know this, but so they were guarded by an order 
of kind of like knights. I forgot about that. I completely forgot about those people. Mm-hmm. Called the Order of Vizenia. Um, they still exist or whatever. They're kicking. Yes, I will. Somewhere. I'll give you a little hint. I do I tend to do that thing where I take words from other languages and mix them up a teeny bit, and then that's the name of something now. So, Vizenia. I'm probably not pronouncing that right, but Vizenia is luck in Russian. Oh. Yeah. And I believe uh, Sada is uh, fate in Russian. That might be German, though. I'm not entirely sure. Do not quote me. (laughs) (laughs) I know it is in a Slavic language of some sort. (laughs) But yes, so if you ever hear a word and you're like, that sounds funky, um, you may be able to get something just by Googling it. That's cool. There's a fun little... That also relies on spelling them correctly. I'm... I'm generally good at spelling. Uh, fantasy names, not so great at spelling. We have a character I, in our campaign, I completely spelled his name wrong. This entire yes. time, I realized, like, literally last session, that I had been spelling it wrong the entire time. Um, Cabarink? Yeah, honestly, I'm going to continue spelling it how I spelled it initially. That's the way I think about it. Hey, fair enough, man. But it's my notes. No one needs to see them. I don't care. It's true. Your no- Your notes are for you. That's another little D&D tip is your notes are for you. So like while you can use them to help out pl- other players and stuff, they are ultimately just for you and your character. Or you can lord them over other people's heads and be like, well, you don't get a note things because you weren't paying attention. <laughs> also You've true. You've done that. You I'm, have not, a- I'm not quite that petty right now. Right now. I, I love that if, distinguishment. Well, if we were playing something where the expectation is that everyone should be taking their own notes and remembering mm-hmm. things individually, then I'm... I could see myself being petty, not wanting to share information, but we're not yeah. doing that. No. Like, most of the information we learn, like, we understand it's collective information. Yes. And we, like, our characters are freely sharing with other people so we can be able to know the stuff that's mm-hmm. going on. Though, I won't promise that there won't be moments in the future where you guys don't experience things individually. Mm. Originally, because this particular session today, earlier today, you had some fun visions. Yeah. And so did Roscoe, which is our friend Naomi's character. And I was originally thinking that I would text you the vision mm-hmm. so that it was like for you and you could decide how much mm-hmm. or how little you wanted to tell people. And then I remembered that Naomi is on a flight to BC today. So I would have to <laughs> say her visions anyways, because they're plot relevant. Yeah. So, Naomi, if you're listening to this, it'll definitely be way after you get to BC, but I hope your flight went well. Uh, <laughs> I'm also going to talk to you, like, later today. Not the point. Yeah, I mean, I like the idea of our characters knowing some things and then not fully sharing things with other people. Yeah. Because even just from, like, the short vision, like, Ellie didn't recount all of it. No. Because some of it was, like, personal uh, family stuff, and she wasn't going to share that information. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so theories and ideas about the current campaign... I don't know specifically. I know that Ellie is very interested in Vizenia and learning more about the luck goddesses. Because people, I don't know, may know, may not know, halflings are lucky. Like, one of their uh, mm-hmm. like race traits is being lucky. Um, they get like, advantage on stuff for that. Um, yes. It's so, like, the idea of a luck goddess, she's very interested in. And mm-hmm. also, her grandfather knows about that. She's very interested in it. I'm very interested in it. Um... I don't know. I'm not great at theorizing. That's okay. Attention to facts. Putting them into a larger scale picture, like, that's rougher. Yeah. So here's a question then that's kind of along the same lines, but a little bit different. From what you've played so far, is there anything that you would like to see in the future? Ooh. 
just like from what you know like to see things like come to fruition basically yeah um well we ended up going through a portal i'd certainly like to know more about what happened with that Mm -hmm. so ellie was unconcerned about it and was just down for more portaling i would like to understand what happened there yes because we ended up in like a room where there was a book for each of us that showed our past and then we had like visions and stuff. That was mm-hmm. weird. Also, just in general, our characters have been having like visions and stuff. It's also true. weird. Yeah, it is a little weird. Um, yeah, I'd like I'd like to know more about those things. I would like to know more about what happened to like mm-hmm. the goddess Zenya and stuff. Um, I'm interested in the history of this world and what has come to pass. Yes. I've said this in a couple other episodes, but I think I've written like twice, maybe even three times as much lore for this world as I did for the long shot. Yeah. Um, partially that was my fault because I was co-DMing and we had very different writing styles. So there wasn't as much time to really build in the world. And you don't really set up one shots with lore the same way as you do with long campaigns. Yeah. Um, so because we were building off of the one shot, it kind of just didn't work out anyways, but that's okay. Well, and we are still like a little baby beginner group. Yeah. So like a lot of more building probably would have just gone over our head completely. Probably. <laughs> yeah. Everybody in this group is a little bit more experienced. So there's a lot more lower going in. Yeah. Like any question you have about the world, I can answer. <sighs> oh, that's so cool. You want to do some rapid-fire test shots with that? No. I'm so so bad at coming up with things on the spot. This is my problem. This is why I couldn't DM very well. (laughs) Because I I can't improv. It's like, oh, come up with a creative idea just right now on the spot. Like, I can't do that. Yeah, try Um, your best. I would like to know why the daughters of Xenia disappeared. What happened to them? That I cannot tell you because it's plot relevant. I know. <laughs> That's my number one question. I'm like, this is, this is not going to be answered. Different questions. Different type of questions. Oh, no. Is the Order of Xenia still around? You kind of know this, so I'm okay confirming it. Mm-hmm. Um, there are members still around, though it's not what it once was, obviously. Yeah. Yes. So we'd be able to find them. Potentially. Track them down. Potentially. Mm. Oh. Yeah. See, my questions are largely plot-related. That's fair. Like, See, I'm, one of the fun things about this campaign, and that I think I've told you guys before, is even though I have so much lore written for this campaign, I do maybe a third of the planning that I did for the other one. Yeah. Like, I set up the places I largely would like you to go or expect you to go and the p- kind of things you could do or should do or whatever. Mm-hmm. But other than that, like, I generally have three pages or less for several hours worth of D&D. Yeah. Versus well, for the we will talk a lot. Yeah. Like, even if you went into a session having absolutely nothing, we could probably find a way to talk it like through it and probably. find something. Yeah. Um, and at I, the very least, with all of our new characters, someone yeah. would get into a fight with someone else. <laughs> oh yeah, definitely. Uh, <laughs> We have some characters, whereas, like, the players are friends, but the characters are not. No. And that's another thing with D&D, a fun little, it's not really a DM tip, but it is a D&D um, just knowledge tip, is that just because you're playing with your friends doesn't mean your characters have to get along. Yeah. Sometimes it can create really fun conflict. 
Yeah, well, you can even go into it, like, with your character. You might not even have created with them, them with the intention of sparking yeah. conflict. It might be completely unintentional. Like, in the exactly. one shot we played, one of our characters, so she was created with the intent that other characters would not like her. Yes. But she specifically hates gnomes. And yeah. completely unintentionally, like, there was no discussion about this whatsoever. No. Out of the four players, two of them were gnomes. Yeah. <laughs> Like gnomes specifically, not even like halflings or dwarves or anything. No, specifically gnomes. gnomes. Yeah, which is so funny. <laughs> so funny. Um, <laughs> yeah. So you can completely unintentionally just like have conflict with each other. And yeah. I think it's really interesting to have conflict between like the characters. Instead it of is always having conflict with like some third party that like, you're collectively mad at. Yeah. Some amount of like not completely like, in group like not quite tension or like full out fighting but even yeah, we just, can like, call it tension tension is a yeah, good word not yeah. fighting but tension yeah it can create interesting situations yeah and i'm sure for us we'll come up into like more situations where like we don't want to do the same thing yeah like our characters probably won't all have the same motives no they definitely don't have the same motive no and like they don't like they're not going to have the same goals or want to accomplish the same things yeah. or be willing to do the same things whatsoever yeah exactly so it's yeah it's definitely fun and like one of the really nice things about D&D is there's so much wiggle room with that kind of thing yeah. and like it's a term that pop has popped up in a couple other episodes but uh there's lots of different potential flavors of chaos Ooh, I like that. Yeah, it's one of the art challenges I have now, apparently. Like, you can have so many different kinds of chaos in D&D in a oh, very yeah. fun way. Or if you have a party that is totally intent to pick up on the clues you as a DM are laying down and do exactly what you want them to do, that's also fun and great. And as long as you are having fun in your campaign, you are not playing it wrong. Yeah. Right? So here's another question for you, similar to one I asked earlier, but also different. If you could play in any kind of campaign, what would it be? Like any character, any plot line, any party, no holds barred, what kind of thing would you do? I think we've kind of, at least that's some of the ideas off of you before. There's like Mm -hmm. vague things I'd like to do. I do think doing some type of deception campaign because yes. I do specifically have an idea for, like, a deception-type one-shot. Um, this mm-hmm. isn't from the main, the D&D books, but, like, one of the bard colleges you can be is called College of Whispers. Yes. And the idea behind it is that they look like other bards, but specifically they capitalize off, of like, the, the good nature that bards spark everywhere. And, like, everyone just assumes, guard, like, bards are good people wherever mm-hmm. they go. And they use that to deceive people and to get what they want. Yeah. Which I think it's really interesting. So I definitely, I would play uh, either a tiefling or a half elf. That'd be fun. Very not nice. Yes. <laughs> and it's specifically like College of Whispers Bard. Yes. I would love to see her play a uh, slightly yeah. less pleasant character because yes. you are a lovely human, but uh-huh. you, you do <laughs> tend you. to play, yes, you do tend to play lovely characters, which is yeah. very fun. But I, I would like to see you experiment with some uh, less pleasant types of characters yeah and part of that is getting more comfortable with role-playing and being yeah. fine with like not being nice to the other like characters all the yes. time still being nice to like players but like yeah characters we generally have an understanding like in our one shots and campaigns and stuff you can yeah. like a person and you can hate really, their really love their character yeah but, like, 
but your character absolutely despises their character. Yes. It's a fun, and, like, you got to separate player and character. Yeah. Because there are sometimes choices people will make for their characters, which is not necessarily a choice they would make for themselves or their friends or whatever. And it leads to fun gameplay, but it can also yeah. make people a little mad at you. Mm-hmm. One thing I, said, I will oh, say, yeah, like, is... Like it is important yeah. to remember, like, when we're saying, like, doing, like, mean things to other characters, we're not talking about, like, despicable things. No. Or things that, like, are genuinely bad. It's Just, like... like Mischief. Being mean to them. Yeah, mischief. Yeah, mischief no, or like do is mischief. Yeah, like mischief or chaotic things or yeah. like um like pranks, like that kind of stuff. Yeah. Confusion, not abuse. Yeah. Like yeah. all that kind of things. And I was about to say, like, that being said, chaos and confusion and mischief is all well and good and very fun, but also D D should be fun. And yeah. if you are playing the type of character that makes other people in your party have less fun, maybe just reevaluate the decisions you've made like if you're having fun but you're making the rest of your friends miserable that's not a fun time and that's not cool yeah right and like D does have some mechanics for character decisions that have to do with race or class or whatever and these are always supposed to be in game and justifiable with backstories mm-hmm. like some of them are racism but a lot of the time it's towards monsters like orcs or goblins or whatever and like that's okay to have it as something that informs your decisions but it's not something you should carry over into your behavior yeah like just don't be a dick dm tip <laughs> <laughs> like be a good person be a cool person like everybody here at the disaster masters podcast just <laughs> Be a cool person and make sure <laughs> yeah, and make sure when you're playing D&D or doing anything really that you are making good decisions and you are playing in a way that's fun for everybody. Yeah. Right? You can play in a way that like, pushes some boundaries. Yeah. But there's a difference between like having fun and like being in character and actually making people uncomfortable. Yeah. So it's like in, let's use D&D&D for an example because it is one of my favorite podcasts and it does have some good use of this kind of thing. There's a character who really hates orcs at the beginning, but he has like a backstory that justifies the hatred and the DM purposely throws in like a half-orc shopkeeper who ends up being one of their allies and like makes it kind of morally gray where he has to reassess his dislike of this particular creature. And it's like stuff like that is fantastic. It's perfectly okay. But if he had taken it into like total terrible like racism and discrimination it's like that's not cool and that's kind of that's that fine line of this is okay in play and this isn't and at the end of the day you have to remember you are playing a game right yeah so just be cool people and don't suck um (laughs) (laughs) psa yeah i'm pretty sure one of our main table rules that you like established right from the beginning is just don't be a dick yeah that's one of the rules yes um for anybody who doesn't know what a table rule is it's basically the out of game rules that the dm has for the campaigns they run the rules for when you are at the table playing and every dm has different rules i am no exception and sometimes they translate to things in game sometimes they don't and the very first of my table rules is we can debate in like play race mechanics or class mechanics or whatever you want but as soon as it turns into bigotry or hatred or racism sexism homophobia it's not okay and we're gonna have words (laughs) and like it's just don't bring it to the campaign that's basically my first rule i have a a few of them which include some some fun things like the quote-unquote vibe check role (laughs) and a couple other little little things here and there but the biggest rule is just don't don't suck don't be a dick (laughs) 
we haven't used like our vibe check role at all this campaign. We haven't. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you've explained it on the podcast. Yeah, I don't think I have. So we, something I invented, um, I'm sure I'm not the only person to ever use it, but something I invented for the purpose of our campaigns was this thing that we call. And then it became a real thing. Yes, it was a joke and then it became a real thing. I think I might have explained this with Spencer, but I'm going to explain it again, was this thing called a vibe check roll, which is basically, for anybody who doesn't know what a vibe check is, it's like a call out. And it's basically where if somebody is doing something that you really, really, really don't want them to do, and it gets to the point where like out of character, you're like, hey, don't make that decision. And they're like, no, I'm still gonna. You can ask the DM if you can roll to vibe check them. And if you succeed on the roll, they, it skips that person's turn and they can't do anything for a couple minutes while they calm down and rethink their decisions. <laughs> yeah. The main purpose we have for this is like, I have explained this to my dad and he's like, oh, well, you don't need to do that. Like, what does it matter? Because he's just like, they're like old school D&D where people just kind of do whatever they want. Yeah. We had it set up for and like why we still, we haven't had to use it whatsoever. But like it existed, especially with our very chaotic campaign. Yes. As like a reminder, like even when like, we're having chaotic fun, sometimes people can get very stuck on ideas that yeah. for whatever reason, other people don't want them to happen. Mm-hmm. And or not just like, a little carried away. Yeah. And not just like in the, oh, in character, like my character wouldn't like you to do, do this. But just like, yeah. genuinely, I don't want this to happen. And this yeah. is like, this is just a reminder to you, this is going a step too far. Yeah. And the point isn't really whether or not they succeed on the vibe check and whether they actually can't do anything. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a direct moment to make them stop and consider oh I'm doing something that this person genuinely is not having fun with yes and that's kind of the whole point because like I said D&D is supposed to be fun and if people aren't having fun then you're doing something wrong yep but yeah there's some when, yeah like when you get stuck in stuff sometimes it can be hard to remember that like or realize like oh you're yeah. having fun right now but you may have crossed the line somewhere and someone else isn't having fun yeah and it's just like it's a good way to call attention to that without yeah. like, getting into like an actual argument over anything yeah and like we have very nice friends so like, we do Every time it's happened, like, it's enough people to, like, pause and go, like, oh, and just move on. Yeah, exactly. And, like, sometimes it's also this kind of goofy game mechanic that we invented. Like, it's not like getting into an argument or turning it into this really serious discussion. It's like, I would like to roll to vibe check you. And (laughs) it's, like, just that kind of sounds ridiculous, right? And it's very, like, young adult, mid, like, 2010s, uh, 2020s, because it's 2020 now. It's very, Uh like, I know. It's very, like, internet slang. You don't know what a vibe check is. Just Urban Dictionary it. Uh, Maybe don't, actually. I don't know what that definition is. (laughs) I'm sure it's fine. I'm sure it's fine, but if it isn't... Don't click on um, any other definitions. Yeah. (laughs) And if it isn't, um, I'm not the one who told you to do it. (laughs) Anyways, it's definitely a fun mechanic, and I I do enjoy playing with our friends because they are overall just giant nerds and big goofs, (laughs) and they are very just here to have fun. You have to play D&D, so you have to be a pretty big nerd to do that. It's true. Yeah. One more fun question for you before we wrap up. Mm -hmm. If you've played like three, four, five-ish characters, right? I'm going to count. This is second. I think it's five if I'm um, estimating right. Yes, it is five. Yes. Yeah. So you've played five characters. This is a two-part question. Of your characters, who has been your favorite to play? Ooh. Honestly, although it was a short run, I did really like Corksum. Corksum was fun. Because he was very different from uh, mm-hmm. what I would do and what I would normally do in a character. And yeah. it's also just the idea of playing an evil character and knowing that like, you wouldn't care about the consequences. You wouldn't yeah. care about what's supposed to be good or anything. Like You would just do stuff. That was very fun. Yeah. 
Also, and I made his voice on the spot, and it worked very well. It's true. It was a fun voice. I could recreate it. That's okay. Um, it was a fun voice. But here's the second part of that question. If all of your characters were put in a room together, what would they think of each other? Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. So, Horksome would have would not care for anyone. Because yes. Horksome does not care for anyone in general. Fair um, enough. He would view them as stepping stones for his success. <laughs> Bleak outlook, but suits the character. Yes. Stepping stones for his success and taking over the world yes. in a very minion-like way. Specifically like, yeah. for taking over the world. Not success in anything else. He just wants no. to rule the world. Yeah, he wants to rule the world. He's not going <laughs> to do it, but like, that's yeah. what he wants. Um, who I can't, I don't know if they would... I don't know. I don't think any of my other characters would really take him seriously. Mm-hmm. I don't think listening to him or being around him, you can take him seriously. Yeah. Like, if he hasn't cast any spells, it's like, what is this dumb little gnome doing? <laughs> <laughs> His voice is stupid. He can't do anything. Fair. I do think, though, if they were the same level, Kaya could definitely beat him up. Even at this level, honestly, Kaya could probably beat him up. Oh, 100%. She definitely would want to. Kaya's a badass. <laughs> yes. A very sweet badass yeah. who likes cats. Yeah, and tigers. And tigers. Tigers are yeah. cats. Yeah. They're just being cats. Yeah, they're Ellie. I don't think she would take him seriously enough to view him as a threat. She would find him funny and would. she'd still probably want to be friends with him. Or at least get to know him better. She would definitely want to learn about his necromancy stuff. Be like, oh, that sounds cool. Yeah, Ellie has an interesting fascination with iffy and or dark magic. Yeah, she's an interesting fascination with everything. Yeah. Especially, like, if you won't tell her something, she wants to know more about it. So, like, if people are trying to avoid telling her things, which, like, they don't want to talk about, like, weird iffy magics, then, of course, she wants to know more about them. Of course. My very first character was, like, a bard we played in the one shot. I don't know. I don't really have... I didn't really flesh her out much. We made them on the yeah. spot. Right? Yeah, we made on the spot characters for that yeah. uh, one shot. Some of them survived. Some of them didn't. Spencer yeah. and I talked a little bit about Feng Shui. <laughs> her uh, half-orc rogue who ended up just turning into such a dad. Yeah. In the best way. Yeah. yeah. And uh, Joy and I talk a lot about Meg and her phenomenal everything. Um, I think that episode is going up before this. And if it doesn't, then the next episode will be DM team member Joy and I talking about her chaotic little, little being <laughs> named yeah. Meg. Don't let the name fool you. She is anything other than <laughs> ordinary. Um, um, I will say one thing. Yeah. Uh, talk about like, rules lawyering a little bit more. Yeah. I think it's important to remember, like, the problem that people have with rules lawyers is that they are bringing up rules when other people don't want them. Yeah. Like, if you're playing in a, you have to understand, if you're playing in a campaign, like, everyone wants to play by the rules all the time, then that's totally something, like, you should be able to do and have fun doing. But most times, people don't want to play with all the rules because there are just too many rules in D&D. And, like, there's a lot. They also have some type of purpose, but most people don't want to play with them all the time. No, especially in homebrews, right? Oh, yeah. So it's important to understand the difference between the rules that you would like to have and that other people would like to maintain all the time Mm -hmm. and ones that just don't matter whatsoever. Yeah, exactly. I'll generally bring up, like, combat rules and stuff because we're actually playing with them in this campaign. Yeah. It's like, in the last campaign we did, no one cared about the combat rules because, like, you were so beginner that, like, it yeah. just didn't matter. We did, like, one roll to see if we hit or not. Yeah, and, like, if I had brought up a lot of the stuff, they would oh, have yeah. been like, huh? People would have been so lost, and, like, it wouldn't have been fun. Whereas, no. like, in, like, this campaign, like, the one shots we're doing and stuff, like, we care enough about maintaining, like, the combat rules because then it helps you a little bit better for, like, making spells work better and also count. Because, yeah. like, there are a lot exactly. of like, area of effect spells where, like, if it's, you're making, like, a 15-foot cube, you need to be aware of that because yeah. if say like a 15 foot fire cube 
you need to be aware of the fact that you're setting the entire forest on fire. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, definitely. No, it's <laughs> yeah. one of those things like it, rules lawyers are actually like they're useful. It's more yeah. just like don't be a dick about it. Yeah. The problem because, is more so like if you are calling out rules that no one else cares about. Yeah. Um, on that fun note, I think this is a great place to wrap it up. Uh-huh. So I'm going to do my little dumb outro. <laughs> so feel free to go follow us on all our various platforms. We have both Instagram and Twitter. Hi there, editing Kaylee, just jumping in here to redo my outro a little bit because I realized I actually said the wrong social media handles, which is a little embarrassing. I think they were actually also wrong in one of the last episodes. But anyways, we're going to fix that right now. So go follow us on Twitter, which is at D underscore M underscore pod. And Instagram is at Disaster Masters pod. All right. Now back to the other recording. And we also have a Gmail account. So feel free to email us if you have questions, comments, concerns. If you want to tell us that you really liked a particular guest or you there are things you want us to talk about or questions or whatever, um, shoot us an email, which is disastermasterspod at gmail.com. And other than that, stay cool, people. Have fun, and we're going to go to credits. The Disaster Masters podcast is edited and produced by me, Kaylee Davies-Niece. Our awesome original music is by Noah Stoley. To check out more of his super cool work, go check him out on Spotify or wherever else you get your music. Special thanks to today's cool person, Abby Van Shea, and we'll see you next time. Yep. Yeah. Thank you for being on my podcast. Yeah, you're welcome. It is very similar to how we normally talk, which is a mess. Exactly.